Miss Carol. Amen. Cool. It's good to be here, isn't it? I've got three girls and they went through the Coast Christian School, so no better place to be, I believe. We're talking about vibrant with life and I just want you to cast your mind back. Have you ever really felt alive, vibrant with life? Um, I was just thinking about a month ago and uh, so three girls, two at uni, one's in high school and we went down on the, it was Australia Day long weekend and we went down to Cronulla where my daughter's been living and we went for a swim and we're swimming in this water, this cool, crisp water in it. And like, I just love having my face underwater. I just come up feeling alive. And, and then that night I said to the girls, let's go to Luna Park. That'll be fun. So off we go and, and we get to Luna Park at night. And, and you know, we're, we, we get onto the mouse, you know, the crazy mouse ride where you've just got your, like, your heart in your throat the whole time and you're just heading for this uh, this end and suddenly you turn a corner and you're around the next side. And I think, oh, that was fun. You having fun, girls? And they're like, oh, yeah. And then we saw the pirate ship. You see the pirate ship? Who's been on the pirate ship? You know, you've seen it. Have you watched it? It's like this ship and it kind of rocks backwards and forwards. I'm feeling seasick just thinking about it. And um, I'm looking at that thinking, oh, that looks like fun, girls. Let's do that. So we jump on and we, we're in the, the ship and we're, and you know, I'm looking at they've got bars up the top. wonder what they're, for, what, what they're there for and we're holding onto the bars and, and, uh, and I could just, in this moment, it was, I think it was sheer terror and panic and I'm thinking, okay, there's nothing that can go wrong. There's nothing that can go wrong. I'm here. I'm in the cage, you know, let's just enjoy this. I paid money for this. Let's just enjoy this. <laughs> You ever had a moment like that? Let's just enjoy this. And at that moment, I found myself flipped upside down. So I was like this. <laughs> and I'm looking down the row. And all my girls have got really long hair. And, and all I could see was just this hair. <laughs> and I just felt like a six-year-old on the monkey bars. You remember the, the days on the monkey bars when you're all hanging upside down? And, and, it was so much, and, and in that moment, all I could do was just laugh. <laughs> and I was just broke into this rapturous giggle and laugh and said, girls, girls, isn't this fun? And they're just looking at me going, yeah, mum, this is really fun. <laughs> really, I think I was having more fun than they were. But, you know, in that moment, in that moment of like sheer terror, I thought, there's nothing I can do. I'm here. I may as well just like live in this moment and enjoy it. And I was thinking about life, you know, life isn't really like an amusement ride. You know, you don't just go from one high to the next and again. There's a lot of like monotonous in life. If you're a parent, you know about monotonous. <laughs> Maybe you know the mundane. There is a lot of mundane in our life. And you know what, sometimes that can suck the life out of us. If we just go through the motion of Oh God, I just got to get through this. <laughs> I can just get to the end of the week. Then I know the weekend's coming. Oh, if I can just do that, if I can just... And we settle for this existence, just existing. God, if I can just get to this next bit, if I can just get to this next bit, if I can just get to this next bit, then maybe things will be good. So I remember when um, we got married, my father-in-law told, told this joke at our wedding. It's the only thing I remember about his speech. And he's talking about the priest and the rabbi and they're arguing about the meaning of life. When does life really begin? And so the priest says, you know, it's when the sperm and the egg touch and conception 
begins. That's the point where life really begins. And the rabbi says, oh, no, it's when your dog dies and the last kid leaves home. That's when life really begins. And that's sometimes what life can feel like. In fact, our middle daughter, tomorrow, she's moving out of home. And I realise that's two down and just one at home. And I realise, gosh, life is really quick. See, sometimes we can just wish our life away. Wouldn't it be good when they leave home and we can hit the road and do that trip around Australia or whatever we imagine? Will life look different then? But, you know, I realise that life isn't just about existing. It's not just about getting through. It's about who we are on the journey. You know, imagine if we could just do life and actually have a little bit of fun on the way, a little bit of joy on the way. Wouldn't it look different? Wouldn't it look different? See, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus isn't promising just this trouble-free life where it'll all be roundabouts and lollipops, you know. But he says that we can have life in the full, life in the complexity and the messy stuff. It can look different. It doesn't have to feel drudgery and it doesn't have to feel dull. But it's the people we become on the way, you know. Are we becoming more loving? Can we live in the moment? Can we become fully alive in each day to, to how God has created us to be. See, that's what it looks like. See, in Ephesians 1, if we go to the screen, it says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had our eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. See, in Jesus, we actually discover who we are. We discover that God has made us. He's created us. We're made in God's image and he, he delights in us. We're his kids. And it's in that moment that God has his eye out watching for us, looking for us. Not in a bad way, well, what's she up to? What's he doing? But in a loving way. He wants to draw us to himself. See, if I'm honest, and you know, sometimes I think out loud, <laughs> I often try and control my situation. I, I often put selfishness first, and, and that can have a negative effect on the people that I love at home. Always putting myself first, it doesn't work. And it really isn't healthy for the relationships around me when I put myself first. See, a few years ago, I was on a retreat, and some of you have heard this story, and and I just remember just, you know, lying on a picnic rug somewhere and, and just spending some time talking to God. And I, and I heard this little voice and, and this little voice inside my head, which came straight out of left field, said, Carol, it's time to let go of your selfish desires. Die to self, you know, let go of what you want all the time. And I'm going, oh, oh, really? Am I that bad? <laughs> God, is, that, is it that bad? And then I just heard this little voice, because I want to show you how to really live. And I went, oh, okay. God wants to show us how to really live. See, it's not that our life is all so bad, but God's saying, there's more. I want to show you more. I want you to experience more of my love and my joy and my peace and my presence. And, and I want you to really live. 
See, God's not just a killjoy. He just doesn't want to, you know, stamp on our fun. But as architect of the universe, as a creator, he knows that we're capable of so much more. And he wants to show us how to be fully alive. Fully. See, Jesus, he was fully alive. And he's our picture of what fully alive really looks like. See, he was fully God. And yet he stepped into the world as a man. He emptied himself and allowed God's spirit to fill him. And he was a man just like you and me. He showed us how to live in our humanness. And he also experienced God's power working in him and through him. See, he gives us this glimpse of not only his divinity, but he gives us a glimpse of what human can really look like, what we can look like as humans. And I'm not sure how you picture Jesus. You know, maybe you picture him as this nerdy, wussy, you know, kind of meek and mild sort of guy. But Jesus was far from that. He had this strength of humility and character. He stood up to the the religious leaders and the people that were ripping people off. He hated hypocrisy and two-facedness. He was honest and he told the, the truth in love. And he's the only person that ever existed that didn't live from a selfish center. His heart was motivated for love. It was pure. See, when you get a picture of who Jesus actually is, it's, it's amazing. He stood up for the underdog. He, he, he loved the prostitute and the, and the people on the fringes who the religious people had no time for. Jesus was there and he engaged in their world. And that's a picture of what it is to be fully alive. There's a great book about Jesus and it's, it's amazing when you start to read what he did and, and how he engaged with people. It's inspiring. And his life, it was so infectious. You know, he, he had his crew, his 12 cronies, the disciples, and, and he did life with them. And it was infectious. I think all but one was martyred for their faith because he made such an impact in their life. And Jesus showed what it was to be fully alive. He actually gave his life for others. He gave up his life. And in that space, he showed us that that a life, a vibrant life, is actually a life about other people, not just about our own selfish desires, that we become fully alive when we start to live for other people and we actually place them first. See, the world actually needs us to be vibrant and alive if we call ourselves followers of Jesus. If the world's going to see Jesus today, he's got to, the world has to see it through us, his people. But unfortunately, you know, just think about the press this week and what's going on in the church. And unfortunately, we the church, sometimes we're not great representatives of Jesus. And that's sad. See, Jesus came, he came with good news. And it wasn't just he died on the cross so that we could go to heaven. You know, that's part of it. That's an eternal life after. But he actually, the good news of Jesus is so much bigger than that. It's that that God is restoring humanity through Jesus, through his life, his death, his resurrection, showing that we can have new life and our new life starts now, not just when we die later on. See, God wants to take the church, us, his people. We're an imperfect lot. We're messy. We have baggage. 
but he actually wants to work in us and through us and, and restore us back to himself that we would be this image of Jesus in our world. Isn't that a beautiful picture? It's just really beautiful. And, and in that journey of discovering life with God and the way that Jesus shows us to live, that we, we live a life that's free from worry, that's free from anxiety and fear, that we step into who we are in Jesus and we live a secure life knowing that we're his children, knowing who he's created us to be. See, it says in Ephesians 1, chapter 4, uh, sorry, verse 4 and 5, long before he laid earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on, settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing that God would choose us, you and me, we have the ability, we have the, to be adopted into his family, to be called his son or daughter. And then that he would trust us to be agents of change, to be in our world, to, to actually, when, when Jesus and his spirit come to live inside of us, that as we go into the world, we show other people what Jesus was like. Isn't that an amazing concept? Imagine that God would use us and trust us like that. See, in this radical life that looks so different, God can draw others to himself. If we go on to Ephesians 1.23, it says, The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fuels everything with his presence. See, we're made to reveal God's fullness, all of God, in who we are, the way that we live, our sense of fun, our sense of vibrancy and what makes us fully alive. And it's a beautiful thing. See, if you're part of the tribe of Jesus, if you're part of his family, the church, we know that it's not a solo journey. We can't just show God's fullness by ourselves. We need to connect with others and we need to rub off and be tested in patience so that we can actually grow in patience. We need each other. And some of us, you know, some of us are just like on this solo journey of, yep, yep, it's just you and me, God, don't need anyone else. But actually, we were never designed to create or created to be alone. We can only show that fullness we're in the company of others. It happens in, in community. See, the world needs us to be fully alive. The world needs us to be fully alive. And, and we're kind of like a mosaic, you know, a mosaic where... You know, there's all these little broken bits, but you fit them together and you stand back and you go, wow, that's beautiful. That's how I believe the church is meant to be. That's who he calls us to be, something of beauty that together in all of our brokenness, in all of our complexity, that we can be something beautiful and, and reveal the fullness of God in the way that we react, we relate to one another and the way that we forgive one another and get over hurts and move on and not dwell in the past and not run ahead to the future, but live present in the moment. So how do we have a vibrant life, a fully alive life. What does that look like? Well, I guess it starts by recognising that, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the way to God, the Father. I'm the truth. I, my word is truth, absolute truth. I am life. I, I'm going to show you how to live. And then if we look in Ephesians 1, beautiful passage, just 14 to 19 says, my response is to get down on my knees 
before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out heaven and earth. I asked him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Jesus will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. Did you get that? As you will, that he will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. It's an invitation. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. See, it's a response. It starts with an empty life saying, you know, Jesus, I'm done with this living selfishly. I just need you in my life. See, when we live selfishly and and it starts with us emptying our cup. You know, you've got a cup. A cup can't be full until you empty it first. And if we want Jesus' full, vibrant life in us and through us, it's a, we've got to make room for him. <laughs> we've got to squeeze him in. And it's a matter of emptying ourselves, saying, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And we open the doors of our hearts to him and allow his spirit to be at work in us. See, when we do that, when we... When we empty ourselves of our own selfishness, and it's a daily thing, it's not like we just get it all right and one day, ta-da, we're different. It's an ongoing thing. You know, it's like eating. You know, when you, you, know, you have that really big meal and you pig out and then like four hours later you're hungry again? <laughs> it's like that. God wants to keep filling us with his spirit. And I love that when we... When we have this understanding of what we were created for and and we understand the purpose that we're here on earth for, we become fully alive in who who we've been created to be. We live with this purpose greater than ourselves and it's beautiful. And when we step into that, we see ourselves fully alive. See, what's fully alive for you is going to be my worst nightmare And what's for me that makes me fully alive will probably, you know, freak you out. We have to discover where God has placed us in our unique place and come alive to what he's called us to be. And that's that's the beautiful thing. See, when we sense God's spirit at work in us and we see him and we connect the dots, we just become alive and it's, it's beautiful. There's a sense of joy And I love that we can do joy on the journey. That's a part of being fully alive. That in the messy stuff and in the hard stuff, we know that God's with us and we can have joy in the journey. So daily, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just in closing. It says, Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you, who belong to Christ Jesus, to live. See, sometimes we've got to do daily things that remind us about this fully alive life. And this practitude, practitude, that's a new word, practice of gratitude, it reminds us that we can find joy on the journey. See, if we're actually engaged in saying, thank you, God, for what I have, we're content in our day and we're not looking around at everything else and what we're missing out on. See, I love that that it changes our response when we practice gratitude and it actually changes us. See, we've got a dog 
His name's Murphy. I think I've got a photo here. This is Murphy. <laughs> he turned one last week. Hey, we made it over the puppy stage. Hallelujah. And uh, Murphy has a problem. He has a few problems. <laughs> he licks everyone that comes their way. But he also he has FOMO. Everyone know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. He has fear of missing out. So you, you throw Murphy the ball. You can see he's got a ball in his mouth. You throw him the ball. He grabs the ball and he runs. But he won't give it back. He won't spit it out. And I've tried everything. Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. You know, he, here's a treat. Here's a treat. Do you want a treat? And he's like, no. I got the ball. I have a fun. <laughs> and he won't empty his mouth. And I'm thinking, but Murphy, we could chase the ball again. And you could have more fun. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to give it up. Not for you or anybody. And he'll run off. And part of the chase is me chasing around the house going, give me the ball, give me the ball. <sighs> but see then, when I take Murphy down to the beach, let me show you what happens. I've got a little clip. If only he'd give me the ball, he could have more fun. <laughs> you take him down to the beach. He, he, he knows what he's created to do. He wants to jump. He wants to chase the ball. He wants to... And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? I laugh about it. And I think, you know, it's a bit like us, really. Sometimes we've got this existence. We just exist. And God wants us to trade in this existence for a fully alive life. To have some fun in the journey, a little bit of joy along the way. And we can, and, and I think, you know, God sees the potential in us. He knows he's the architect of life, how we operate, and he wants to show us what that can look like, a rich, vibrant life with him. But sometimes it's like, nah, I got the ball, I'm doing it my way, and we're just like Murphy. So today, would you think about it? Each day is an opportunity, it's a choice to trust God. And it can start today. We can actually say to God today, yeah, God, I do. I give you my life. I, I, I want to trade in this existence for just existing for a life that is full and rich. It's an opportunity to say, God, I give you my emptiness. I give you my selfishness. And God, would you just show me what a real life, what a rich life can look like, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that exists and goes on. See, it's a beautiful exchange. So just in this moment, I'd love you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And God, in this moment, and maybe you realise that you've been searching for a long time to be a longing. You've tried lots of ways to be fully alive, to not worry. And maybe you realise that you have been looking for something. There is an emptiness that Jesus longs to fill that with himself, with his spirit. And maybe you're ready to, to cross the line of faith or, or receive this gift and, and maybe you're ready just to receive Jesus and be filled with his life and, and the fullness of what he can offer you. See, God meets us in this moment. And it's very simple. It's just opening the door of our hearts to him and just saying, Jesus, I give you my life. 
I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. All the the selfish bits of me, God, you can have those. And God meets us right in this moment. So if this is your prayer, if this is a significant moment, I'd love to pray for you. Just that simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. A moment where your future can change forever. Oh, Lord Jesus, let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this room who have stepped into this great exchange, who who have opened their life to you, opened the door of their heart to you, God, and said they've given you their life. And, Lord, you've received them and you've filled them with your life that they will be fully alive as they walk with you. God, show them how to walk with you. And may they be vibrant with life, life to the full, not afraid to empty their life by giving their life away to others when we give our life. But God, we open ourselves to receive the fullness of you, to be filled by you. And thank you, Jesus, that you're always there to meet our point of need. In Jesus' name. Amen.